0: You fast forward, and maybe that person started off on that trajectory at 20, and now in their mid-50s, you know, because I've coached people of all these different age ranges, I was watching, well, this where, where this person's midlife crisis and why they're so deeply unfulfilled and they have a life that they actually hate, even though it looks perfect on the outside. It's the perfect Instagram or LinkedIn story, and they hate it and why? Cuz it hasn't been them because they haven't enjoyed it. They weren't they weren't even aware that they weren't enjoying it because they were taught and trained and really indoctrinated and and maybe really successful at getting a bunch of stuff to happen mm-hmm. in the world. But is it stuff that actually moves the needle? Is it stuff that helps us forward as a planet? Is it stuff that they actually care about? Right. Or was it stuff that they did to impress others? Right. So it's it's not an inaction. The allow is actually drop into the center of you. And make sure that you move kind of in an integrated way, then moving forward with all of the parts of you so that you can be the powerhouse. Because I feel like that's what drops us into that unlimited power. Mm. It's unlimited. Yeah. The forces that are there when we get in alignment are massive. Yeah.
1: Welcome. I'm Brian Gates, and this is True Leader Shift. Our mission is to expand awareness of what's possible in life and in business. I created this show to introduce you to business leaders and life hackers so that you can learn about the pivotal moments in their lives that shifted their perspective on what it means to be successful. So my next guest is Amy Albright. She's a great friend of mine and has been a mentor of mine for five plus years. Five years and a couple of weeks, actually. We just had our five-year anniversary of... Our first session together. She has been pivotal in my journey and in my transformation over the last five years. Um, We've had a lot of fun together. Um, She's supported me in so many ways. Um, My story really, my transformational story really starts right when I met Amy. I was going through a pretty difficult time in my life I was very unconscious to the world. I realized that the last 15 years had just passed me by, and wouldn't you know it perfectly, we came together and uh, I was matched with her as, a, as an executive coach at the time. And she really, really supported me and helped me open my eyes and make me more aware in the world. Um, and then she guided me along that way because with that journey came some big transformations in my life that were very difficult. And she was there and supported me and taught me how to slow down in life so that I could notice what's actually happening around me. And ever since then, it's been uh, it's been an awesome journey. Uh, we were together in in, co- in a coaching relationship for about uh, about two years. She worked at the time as a consultant with Dave Asprey and Bulletproof in that organization. Um, she decided to go in house with them and work as part of their team for a while. So we separated for a few years, and then uh, once she went back out on her own, doing her thing, we reconnected, and that was about about two years ago that we reconnected. So it's been an awesome journey. She's taught me a lot, and I consider her my top mentor um, along the way. So I'm excited for you to get to know her. And I welcome Amy Albright. Thank you so much. Yeah,
0: thank you, Brian. Thank you. Such a pleasure.
1: Thank you for being here.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. It's it's amazing to have you sitting here with me on the show because we've sat in this way so many times. It's true. <laughs> for how many hours, right, over the last five years. hmm
0: It's and true.
1: It's just a lot of fun. So um, yeah, so I mean, I've talked a little bit now about how you've helped me. We can get more into that, but you have an incredible vision for the world, yeah, and you've shared that with me along the way and it's continuing to evolve as well of how you're what you're doing to make that vision come alive. and uh, so share a little bit about about your vision.
0: So I guess I can tell the story from an individual because we just started there with you. you know you when we first met, you weren't really too sure who you were, and you were doing a really big job inside of a big, and an amazing uh, organization, $2 billion organization. Fantastic. And yet you hadn't even scratched the surface of who you were, and you weren't even beginning to access your full power and your bandwidth, and to be able to live in your true calling and really just unleash yourself. So what I see is the capacity Essentially it's one person at a time, no matter how many people I'm working with, to unlock and unleash that inside of people where they get to live uh, in a really free and unlimited way, where they get to be connected with their hearts and also just kicking ass in business, having a lot of fun in life and really being alive. So when we put that together in a collective, when we really look at you know, millions of people living that way, everybody understanding that they are inherently a leader this isn't an exclusive club, and it doesn't matter what your rank is or what it is you do with your time. So, if everybody understands that they're a leader, and everybody's unleashed and unlocked, and really living from their hearts very powerfully, then what we could, what we can possibly see at a global scale yeah. is it's incredible. Absolutely. It is incredible. It melts down the walls. So much of what it is that we deal with, um, you know, the, there's there's the, uh, the overt conflict that we see. Let's say between um, whatever it is, heads of state and nations, it could be conflict that's subtle between uh, two spou- you know, spouses, mm. the, the, like the subtle bickering or whatever that goes on. All that conflict can really drop away when people are living in that fully expressed, you know, truthful freedom from a, f- from a perspective of freedom. We don't have to have that sort of reality And I know that that can sound very fanciful, but it's really what's already happening. A lot of the work that I've done, yes, I did do, you know, I have to cleverly disguise myself sometimes under the term executive coach Mm. because sometimes people don't understand. Basically, I'm just a problem solver. That's why I call myself a game changer. Mm. I feel like it's just it better describes what it is that I'm up to. But, you know, a lot of what I'm doing behind the scenes in the last 10, 17 years, whatever, if you want to look at it, Is working with people that are putting together um, businesses with environmental groups, with, you know, um, people that live indigenously to the land, with, uh, you know, sometimes underserved populations that that are parts of our active communities. And what we're seeing is solutions that can come for all of them. Hmm but it takes really evolved leaders. It takes really awake and aware people to be able to pull that off. Mm. And to be able to do it in a way that's not just fiscally and environmentally um, socially responsible, but in a way that is proactively groundbreaking, um, creating new paradigms and new realities, and also being extremely financially lucrative and beyond win-win. This isn't a bleeding heart thing. This is a real, how can we all be in our power? How can we all really get what it is we most want and need, including service to the planet, including service to those that don't have voices? Hmm. Um, So, yeah, what's possible, I think, is just about everything and anything. Yeah. And I think the time's now.
1: Yeah, and you are the right person to be pushing this forward and unleashing that potential and the power within all these individuals and all these leaders, because... I mean, the gifts that you have, the gifts that you have are unbelievable. I mean, I've said this to many people of, you know, I sit with you for 60 to 90 minutes, and the amount that we accomplish is unbelievable because I don't need to give you any backstory of what's going on you're already tuned in and you get it it speaks to a little bit of your gifts you have many gifts but uh, that's what i see and feel the most is Mm. you I, i mentioned somebody who you've never met who i've never mentioned before and you get them you understand them yeah and you already know really their wiring so you get to coach me and let me know how to best interact and effectively communicate with them and now and now you do you do Work with bigger groups and you're continuing to work with bigger and bigger groups and bringing your gifts into being able to help and support people in that way and Really help them realize their own potential and power and that's been incredible I mean my journey with with your support has been incredible going from really just in my head always doing 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 going so fast and burning out and then resting and then burning out and all of that to really just stopping and enjoying life and being present to life and really being present to all the information that I have access to. Right. Now that I now have access to, thanks to your help to help me harness my own gifts yeah. and be a great leader. So I'm excited to uh, see what you continue to create in the world. So talk a little bit about um, how you are how are you working with people now going forward how are you working with groups what is your vision what is your strategy for that
0: yeah so i still do work one on one um there's just nothing that can replace that for me i i love the 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 connection time with just one person and being able to look really deeply into their world and develop that particular individual quite, you know, take them as far as they can go. And I choose who I work with very strategically. I look for the people that can make the biggest change. Mm. I see my clients not as opportunities for business, but for opportunities for global change. Mm. So I really want to make sure that I'm investing my time and putting my power behind the right people, Mm. people with the right hearts and minds and people with the right kinds of uh, skills and talents. Ultimately, my gut tells me who I should work with. Mm. So that's who I'm choosing to work with on an individual level but there are so many, only so many of people I can work with in that format. So that's, you know, over the years, I've done different kinds of things, but I am going to be coming back around into working with larger groups, both in person and probably online as well, just so that I can really um, be inclusive rather than exclusive to people that can fly and find the time to travel and right. uh, all of that. So I'm really enjoying um, getting back into that and being able to work with groups again, Uh, It's it's really fun. I love to sit and again, like you said with very little information I just get a a ton of um, a ton of insight And I love to do that and to do that with a group so that people can learn because what I've what I've Known for a long time now again. I've been at this 17 years One of the things I learned right away is well wait a minute. We're all dealing with the same stuff Yeah, and I don't care if it's a um, if it's a stay-at-home mom or if it's uh, the CEO of a multi-billion dollar corporation. We might look different on the outside, we might have different genders, we might have different roles. We all have the same fears.
1: We're all messed up.
0: We're all we're all sort of beautifully imperfect. <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> well put, right? Or delicately put. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And uh, and so being able to to see what's inside of someone, to look really I mean, I think I the maybe a way to describe it is I can kind of see deeply into their soul, figure out who they are, what they're supposed to be doing what Mm. it is they most need to hear and relay that to them really quickly Mm. so that they can get a whole nother perspective, get much more free and then be able to move forward and actually have an action plan. Because what really limits us isn't our knowing how to do something. It's the, it's the belief structures that are existing behind the scenes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, And you know, that's one thing that you've helped me with and I love your philosophy on, because you had said just kind of kind of allowing and you Mm -hmm. work with the clients that, you're kind of just told to work with and that's counter to a lot of you know a lot of the content that's out there right now of just go 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 work your butt off you know and push 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 right right because you've you're very big on and it's how you live your life and what you've coached me on of just allowing right just allowing and not pushing not doing just being and you're going to attract these great things into your life whether it's a certain business partner whether it's Putting together a team, whether it's feeling into what you really should be doing and what's your purpose in life.
0: Right.
1: It's really fascinating because I've struggled, as you know, with this along the way, and I think probably we all do. But it's a tough thing to be in a place where okay, I know that I need to accomplish this. Say, you know, I need at one point I needed to build a team, Mm -hmm. and it's. I thought that I need to go out there. I need to be meeting people. I need to figure this out. I need to, you know, work really hard to find a build, try to build this team. And what you coached me on was, no, stop. What you, th- what you should be doing right now, you should go surfing and you should go do some yoga. And that's what you should be doing right now in order to attract this team. And they will just come to you. And, you know, when you say that, it's, it's scary. It feels, it sounds great, but it's like, will that really work? And you know, and all this anxiety and this kind right. of fear comes up. And gets in my way sometimes. but when, And then as I'm able to do that, it's it just all kind of comes into place.
0: Right. Yeah, and so the, the coaching or the advice can be really different depending on the person and depending on the moment. Mm. So in those moments, if I'm saying stop everything, allow, and I want you to go surf and let this go, it's probably because you're gripping the wheel too hard. You're mm. trying to force it to happen. And forcing is working against the laws of nature, let's just say. Mm. So the first thing to do is drop into a more expansive state to get out of the illusion and um, stop the forgetting of who you are and drop right into the middle of who you are. Mm. Because that's how you'll attract the right team. It's not really about getting action to happen. It's about getting right action to happen. Work smarter, not harder. Get off the hamster wheel and out of the fear. And then suddenly we end up everything the path parts for us so it's not inaction it's not allow like Mm -hmm. just meditate you know be a monk in a cave somewhere and like some good stuff will happen for you somehow right? right you'll you'll do everything you're supposed to do in the world but if we're off we're off I call it offline or just a little off kilter it can be massive and then everything that we do from there you know, essentially we can just continue to pull ourselves off path, off path, and then lend to that collapse. Mm. So like you are saying before, a lot of people basically work really, really hard because that's what we were told to do. That's the programming. And it also is what is driven by the I'm not good enough, Mm. right? The I'm not good enough story or I'm not lovable or whatever it is that runs most people's show has them pushing too hard and yet not being that productive, or at the very least being productive in ways that they actually don't give a shit about Hmm. and that they don't really love and then, you know, you fast forward and maybe that person started off on that trajectory at 20 and now in their mid 50s, you know, because I've coached people of all these different age ranges. I was watching, well, this where, where this person's midlife crisis and why they're so deeply unfulfilled and they have a life that they actually hate, even though it looks perfect on the outside. Mm-hmm. It's the perfect Instagram or LinkedIn mm-hmm. story right. and they hate it. And why? Because it hasn't been them because they haven't enjoyed it. They weren't they weren't even aware that they weren't enjoying it because they were taught and trained and really indoctrinated and and maybe really successful at getting a bunch of stuff to happen mm. in the world. But is it stuff that actually moves the needle? Is it stuff that helps us forward as a planet? Is it stuff that they actually care about? Right. Or was it stuff that they did to impress others? Right. So it's it's not an inaction. The allow is actually drop into the center of you and make sure that you move kind of in an integrated way then moving forward with all of the parts of you so that you can be the powerhouse. Cause I feel like that's what drops us into that unlimited power. Mm. It's unlimited. Yeah. The forces that are there when we get in alignment are massive.
1: Yeah. I mean the potential, I mean the ability to live into your full potential yeah. by living from that space, by slowing down, by being present and just being aware and, and conscious of things that are coming at you, information that's coming through. If you have a task list of things to do and certain things on that list just make you very anxious, there's something telling you there's a lot of resistance to, against doing that. Mm-hmm. Listening to that, okay, well, let's listen to that. Don't just push through that resistance. Right. There's a message in there. Maybe you don't need to do that. Maybe it's taking you the wrong direction. Maybe it's for the wrong reasons. Maybe it's to pe- pe- please other people, right? right? Prove to your mother or your father that you're good enough, right? That'd right. Be the old stories recreate, recreate as a kid.
0: Totally. Yeah,
1: coming back to that.
0: Totally. Or maybe it's the wrong day or the wrong time. Hmm. Or maybe the project needs to be adjusted 30 degrees to the right and then it locks in. Yeah. But if we just run over those signs and symptoms, you know, if we were to run around on a, on a sprained ankle, um, there's pain there, and the pain is there to say, hey, don't run around on this. Mm. When we experience pain, it's time to stop. The thing is that most of us are taught that pain is normal. We should be having severe amounts of emotional or or, or spiritual or whatever pain mm. because that's life. But that's a lie. Yeah. That's a lie. So the, the pain means something. Slow down, figure out what it is. And if it is, oh, wow, I'm just terrified of this, but everything is actually aligned, then do it. Yeah. Right? Jump in, yeah. swan dive into it. You know, get over it. Is don't the suffer thing.
1: for the sake of suffering.
0: Exactly. Because yeah. that suffering can continue. If you handle the fear and you handle it in a really clean, tidy and fast way, now you're on to the next thing. Hmm. Conquer the next big mountain.
1: Being aligned with your vision. Kind of what you said. If, if it's the right path, even though it seems painful, mm-hmm. if it's getting you in the right direction, if it's the right thing to do and you're very clear on that. Yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable. That's yeah. okay. You know, push forward on that. But just make sure that it's aligned with your vision. Yeah. And what you're trying to ultimately accomplish.
0: Yeah. Similar to working out. We don't want to work out to the point where we collapse, right, physically. So we want to be pushing an edge. We want to be working. Maybe we add a little extra mileage or we, we try to do something faster or a little add a little more weight to the stack of weights or whatever it is. But we don't do massive things that are outside of our growth pattern with that. And same thing with anything else that we're growing into. Yeah, we need to be working an edge. The flow state, which is, you know, it's it's possible and achievable for, for everybody. The flow state is available when we're working an edge. Mm. I think the thing that happens is people either grinding on all their gears and they're way past, they're way out over their edge and not handling it. Or they're way dropped back and mm. they're just living inside of a safe zone. Mm. So they're kind of numb. And, you know, the zombie apocalypse kind of idea, Hmm. like the real zombie problem. And and I think the the metaphor that's there is people are just sort of dead Hmm. and they're not working an edge and they're not waking up every day and saying, what kind of a miracle can I create? What's new for me today?
1: That's fascinating because, yeah, it almost it feels like there's a lot of people on each end of the spectrum, Mm -hmm. either zombie apocalypse going through their life and just kind of in not not flow state, but just a unconscious state, and then there's people that are pushing so hard, mm-hmm. and you know the people that are on the pushing so hard point tend to be the leaders yep. of organizations or just leaders in the world, and you know bringing them back um, to that kind of that sweet spot, right. so that they can really harness their gifts. I mean, these are the leaders of the world. Yeah. And if they're just pushing and doing all these things for the wrong reasons, right. which a lot, of them, a lot of us are, right? Humans are. Mm-hmm. That's what's putting us into kind of a dangerous place yeah. for society right now. Yeah. And what could be possible if we could shift the, how these leaders are leading in their lives and leading in the, in the world to a place of really tuned in, tapped into what's right, yeah. tuned into their true gifts, and being able to fully use that creativity that they have access to, if they can just drop back and slow down, and put on the brakes a little bit, right. and check in every once in a while.
0: Yeah, it, it's like dropping back before you head into a turn, and then you accelerate. Right? We right. talked about that. <laughs> that early was the on. very
1: first, our very first session five years ago. Was exactly that the motocross analogy you used for me because you knew I rode? Yeah. A uh, braking prior to the turn, right? And how much more efficient it is, how much less energy it takes, and how much more speed you actually create and gain through the process
0: absolutely and it's just being it's being fluid so it's not less powerful it's actually thinking about i want to win the race not i want to make it through this turn as fast as possible because if you go too fast through that turn you can crash and burn and then where are you've got to put back all the pieces and and that's what i see a lot of really successful leaders that are doing massive things in the world are actually crashing and burning constantly Mm -hmm. so when we drop it back a little bit and we know how to work with the flow and meter all of that Uh, We really get optimization and they do, they drop into their genius Mm. and they move from an entirely different place. The other thing that happens is the blinders drop off Mm. and they're able to include more people. And that's one of the beautiful things Mm. because they're already used to being in a leadership role. Um, So being able to then lead from a whole new paradigm, it lights other people up. Even if the people that they're leading or that they're rubbing off on don't understand it. A lot of the times they're like, whoa, so-and-so's got a totally different mojo now. Have you mm. noticed how cool, calm, and collected he or she is? And there's this whole other, you know, and now they're launching this whole program in, in the business and everything's transforming. And they have no idea what's going on and what that, what that leader's really up to. It mm. doesn't have to be front-facing. But, so is it
1: honestly? It's kind of a subconscious level that people pick up on this, maybe. Absolutely. So what's what's an example of that? Somebody you've worked with that's gone through that transition?
0: Yeah, one a, a CEO that I work with, um, it, you know, it's kind of who I was just describing. He's he's got an incredible mojo about him now. You know, he used to show up a little bit tight in the throat. He would, you know, you could you could hear it in his voice. You could see it in his body. Um, he was people pleasing. He wasn't very confident in certain ways. He was newly a CEO um and he was leading at a difficult time he took the post at a difficult time Mm. but yet nobody else necessarily knew that it was a difficult time and so you know there's just an incredible amount that has been unlocked and everybody that meets him whether it's you know a stranger on the street the person that he got his coffee from somebody that he interacts with in a very small brief, brief moment um and up to you know the senior leaders of his team or Other massive um, CEOs that he interacts with at some of these events, everybody's like, whoa, what Hmm. is with that guy? (laughs) And they're really, they're describing mojo. They're describing, you know, we're basically, we're animals and we're taking in huge amounts of data all at the same time. Hmm. And we're aware whether somebody else feels safe inside of their body or not. And we're taking cues just like gorillas do or, or orangutans or whatever. Um, you know, I love to study how animals interact. It's very different than us, but it's actually all the same. Mm. We're mammals, and uh, yeah. you can't fake that. It's real. Uh, it takes a huge amount of courage. That's one of the things that I definitely see and acknowledge with mm. the people that do this kind of real deep dish work. You know, you, it cannot be faked. This isn't paint a coat of happy over the top of your life and pretend everything's good. Right. This isn't just pretend to be confident. Or um, pretend that you don't have issues. Pretending is dangerous. And it's, I
1: mean, it's really going in, in some cases, it's going into some very uncomfortable and even some suffering that you're going to incur along the way. Mm -hmm. But it's so, the the payoff is unbelievable, right? It's massive. And it's, it is really interesting how, um, because I know it and I feel it with me with my shift and I have good days and bad days, right? Mm -hmm. So each day I get to see the difference of how I see the world and how I impact others. With my right. state of being,
0: yeah. you know,
1: if I'm totally, if I'm tuned in and have, you know, just very present and going about my way in a very, with a very h- positive high frequency, I tracked that, right? I see the world in a beautiful way. Right. I, people are smiling back at me. Yep. You know, the interaction I have at the coffee shop with people, people go out of their way to say hi. And, you know, mm-hmm. we have a little interaction, you know, compared to the other days when, you know, I'm kind of closed off. And I feel like I see everybody else is in a bad mood too.
0: Right. It's it's fascinating. Yeah, or it they just, spill your coffee or whatever it yeah. is. Like, there's a whole series of events that can go a different way. Yeah. Absolutely. It's so
1: interesting. It's such a good indicator too of where I am, right? Mm-hmm. So now when I go about the world, if I'm seeing a lot of people in a negative place, if I see, if, if, if I tend to see a lot of people who are just complaining about things yeah. or not happy, I get to look at myself and say, hmm, why? Why am I attracting that? What's going on with me that I'm attracting that right. into my my world right now? And it's a huge indicator for me. It's like, all right, well, I, I probably need to go and take slow down a little bit, check in with myself, whatever it is. Go surf, and meditate, yep. or just get take back a online. Few, take a few breaths. I mean, sometimes it's just as easy as having a couple of breaths. Yeah. You know, being grateful for whatever the world, just expressing some gratitude and appreciation, and it can turn around pretty quick.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Presence and gratitude can shift really quickly. The main thing is, is getting out of the um, the being the victim or, or thinking of yourself as a victim. To some extent, mm. if we're having a bad day and people aren't behaving the way that we want and we're seeing victims around us, then that must be a piece of what we're um, living into. Mm. So being able to shift that and take full accountability. If you're if you're experiencing it on some level, you're creating it. Mm. You know, and when you really drop into that as not just an intellectual philosophy, but, but you own it, it's a courageous way of living. And, you know, because you've really embodied it. You've done such an amazing job.
1: And it's taking full, responsi- it's taking full responsibility. Yeah. I mean, that's a tough thing to do, right? Because, mm-hmm. okay, so I've, I just witnessed a negative, in, you know, encounter with some people. So I created that in some way. Yeah. So what's going on with me? You know, yeah. big one for me early on was driving down the freeway. And seeing somebody cut somebody off. And I would, I would, I used to get very worked up about that.
0: Yeah. I had a lot
1: of judgment for them, almost to the fact where I almost wanted to go and cut them off to like teach them a lesson or something crazy like that, right? Yeah, it's realizing that, oh, I'm judging that person. I must be judging myself for something similar, right? Yeah. Like if I did that, I would be judging myself and being really hard on myself, which is probably why I'm judging them. Mm. And that's what's coming up in me right now. Yeah. Anytime we judge others, we're judging ourselves for some either that exact thing or something that's triggering that for us. Totally. Yeah. And that's that can be a tough thing too, right? Because now um, you're taking responsibility for a lot, right? Yeah. But taking that responsibility, you have the power to shift it. Totally. Right? And
0: and unconditionally love yourself and the other person, whether it's the person that cut someone off or whoever else you think is doing something wrong in the world. Yeah. Just unconditionally love them. You know, I mean, that's love is a really powerful force. And again, this could sound some like some fluffy woo-woo crap, but um, (laughs) but I think if we're going to have the most powerful force that exists, then maybe we should pay attention to it and utilize it fully. Mm. So it's again not sit around in a bliss bubble and pretend everything's good. But holy crap, this is coming up for me in real time. I'm on the freeway and I'm pissed off right now. Okay, so rather than being pissed off at that person and then feeling bad for the victim that they cut off, I mean, do you realize how many parallels and, and, you know, like analogies there are with this? Right. 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 So it's like, what about if we just shift that paradigm? And right now I love myself for the fact that all that anger came up and um, not have to make myself right. Maybe what is it that I'm not feeling good enough about that I have to be better than someone else right now?
1: And get excited about the opportunity to dig into that and understand it and, and break through it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that other person didn't even know they were cutting someone off. Right. Maybe they did, and they they have a belief about that. Whatever it is, right? right? But can know. we just give up the story on that for <laughs> yeah. a half a second? Because ultimately, if someone chooses to live inside of that, that's their own jail cell. They're not driving in a car. They're driving inside of, w- of bars or walls. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a perspective and a, a reality that's actually, well, it just limits freedom. We could say it's a dogged pursuit of freedom, hmm. the truth that gets us there. So the truth of it is, is it doesn't really matter exactly what just happened. What matters is what's happening inside of us. Mm. Earlier when you were describing, I love that, the, the, the polarity between, um, you know, the, the people that push really hard and, you know, kind of that traditional leadership where they they burn out and they push really hard and they overwork and they do it all for other people and they care so much what other people think. And then there's the people on the other side of that that are in rebellion of that, mm. right? But what happens is that those people have secret things that happen inside of their minds And in their interactions where they actually judge the shit out of each other Mm. and they use so much of their energy, making themselves not the other person or wondering and blaming themselves for not being more like that or whatever it is. Mm. So when we take and we clear out, for instance, all of the, the real estate inside of someone's being about that push pull, whether it's the the drivers on the freeway or the people that don't work hard enough. How come nobody but me works so hard? You know, the perfect martyr story. Mm -hmm. It's like if you give up being a martyr, you actually have more bandwidth and you'll get more done. And also if you give up the idea of I'll just be a zombie, I'll eat really crappy food so that I feel kind of numb. I'll do really numbing things. I'll get another dopamine hit off of my smartphone right now Mm -hmm. rather than actually engaging rather than actually dropping into my life, and maybe making myself work a whole bunch of edges that I haven't ever worked before because I've just been disengaged. Mm. You know, if we can get those people, rather than saying, be the opposite, my, my encouragement is, is be who you are. Mm. Be in the truth, and do whatever you've got to do to burn through um, whatever it is that's holding you back so that you can get to that truth, mm. that real balance point, um, that real alignment within oneself. Mm. Um, and then when you're there, that's freedom. And you know when you're there because it feels good. You're not in pain anymore. Mm. And when it starts to feel good, it can feel really, really good. And it can be that flow state. And flow is a high. You want a new drug? You want a new thing to chase? I mean, that's the perfect thing <laughs> yeah. for people with really big appetites. Chase flow. Mm. And you can't get there when you're pissed off or having an argument, even in your own mind.
1: Well, so talk about flow because um, I mean, you can. Is it you could also be in a in a flow activity. Um, I guess I so. Do you think flow is good no matter what? Um, you could be in a flow activity that is in something that does is not productive for you at all. Or do you are you thinking? Do you say that flow is always productive for you?
0: If you're in a flow, it's probably productive for you, hmm. most likely, even if it looks non-productive. Because what is productivity, right? Hmm. So you know maybe like when we look at children's education, is an art important. Well, you know, some people would say, well, it's not going to get them anywhere in their real job. It's like, uh, yes, it will. Hmm. It's going to teach them innovation, creativity, and how to drop into flow, right? And dropping into flow is where the genius lies. Okay. So they could hide, you know, they people can hide in activities um, and kind of swirl around inside of things that maybe don't move them forward, but probably they'll lose the flow. They'll probably lose that, that creative edge, hmm. Hmm. and they're not going to have that same rush. They'll be hiding inside of it. So, hmm. It's it's not about the activity per se. It's about the actual um, biology.
1: That makes sense because if you're if you're doing something that puts you in a flow activity, you know whatever that what could that be? I mean maybe it's just creating certain spreadsheet, right? Like mm-hmm. you're you're at you're at the office and you get in this mm. spreadsheet and you're really honing this spreadsheet, um, and you're in flow state because that's that's your thing. Which you know I've been in that before. Yeah. And sometimes you you can get to a point where you're doing it really to avoid doing some other things. Right. But that doesn't last very long because that knowing that you're doing this to avoid
0: yeah. pulls you
1: out of that flow state and you become aware of, all right, this doesn't feel right. Something's yeah, going on.
0: Exactly. So it's different than geeking out on and falling down a wormhole. Like you can end up on a on a web search or a spreadsheet or doing some activity. Or
1: streaming your news feed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you can exactly. feel like you're in a flow activity just streaming your news I mean, you're, you're somewhere because you're not freaking conscious, and right. all of a sudden, 45 minutes has gone by, and you look at the clock, and your eyes are bugging right. out because you've been looking at your phone for that long. And
0: exactly, and you feel dissociated. Hmm. You feel disconnected from yourself. So you've not been in flow. You've been sucked in. Hmm. You've been hypnotized, you know, by something. Yeah. And that's a different thing. That's a, that's part of that addictive, you know, negative addictive behavior, mm. right? With flow state, maybe let's say you do, um, sometimes I'll, I'll just feel really inspired to check my Instagram feed, right? I don't know why, but I just get that feeling. I'm on there when I get that feeling for probably two minutes tops. Mm. Scroll, scroll. It's like I'm not even looking at it. I'm not even looking at it. I'm finding the thing that I knew I was on there for. Mm. Boom, I got it. I read the message. I turn off the Instagram. Mm. Right. So that's Instagram consumption done one way that is productive. There's more ways than that. But if you if you find yourself, you know, an hour in and down multiple wormholes and you kind of feel glazed over and tired at the end, your body is an antenna and it's telling you it's a feedback system saying, hey, wait a minute. Um, That wasn't the right amount. That was too much consumption. So just like water or food are good for you, too much of it can kill you. So Instagram or or all these different, I'm just using that as an example. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily that it's toxic, it's how it's used. And we know because of how we feel. If we overeat, we're in pain. If we over Insta, we're not feeling so good. And it's hard to get back online. So, you know, using it in a flow state is a totally different thing. Same thing with the spreadsheets. Mm. You know, the other part, too, is being able to trust like when you were when you would fall down into spreadsheetville, what you were doing was actually building out a huge amount inside of you. You needed a certain kind of discipline. You needed a certain kind of knowledge. You were building certain kind of uh, logical and and, um, linear skills that you still do use, even though the way that you move now is much more based in feeling and instinct. Um, but, now, when you need a spreadsheet, you know how to build one and you know how to really work it. You know, in, And those are skills that are really valuable moving forward. Mm. So I think everybody's got a period. So we don't want to look back at that as a as a negative thing, yeah. you know. And, you know, maybe it's going through school or maybe it's going through a developmental period. Um, one of the leaders I'm working with now spent a lot of time developing out a lot of those parts of himself. And now he's really ready to. Um, it's like he's established a, a certain foundation of confidence inside of the material world, kind of normal things. Mm. And now he's ready to dive in and do some really deep work mm. and kind of deconstruct everything else that isn't working. Mm. But he's got that foundation to, that, that he's building from.
1: That's, and that's a great, great topic because that's you know being patient, essentially exercising patience and knowing that what you're doing right now is perfect, right? Yeah. So Because um, you can spend a lot of time on figuring out the purpose, what, what should I be doing? I feel like I should be doing something bigger. And there's, you can be anxious, there can be anxiety around that and feeling like I'm not doing enough. Coming, probably coming back to the I'm not enough, right? Right. But really just kind of anchoring into, you know what, I, what I'm doing right now is perfect. You yeah. know, it's it's putting me, it, it if it is getting you in the right direction, you, you likely, we need to build skills along the way yeah. and have certain experiences to help add to our tool belt which will continue to help us go and achieve that higher purpose.
0: Yeah. And, and it, the journey's not usually a logical linear one. You know, when you talk with most people on how they got to where they are today, it's rarely the the ladder that they thought they were going to climb with their career. Or mm. there's always something right. unseen yes. that's going to come in. So we can predict that there's going to be unseen things moving forward. And kind of unlock, because a lot of what people get, I think, paralyzed by in knowing how to live their purpose is, it has to be perfect, and I need to know what it is right now, and I need to have full clarity. Mm. And when I hear that, I'm like, wait, wait, stop the music. I think what we need <laughs> is to let go of control. Mm. But that's one of the most terrifying things for people who are really driven and who are very successful. Mm. They're often the best at being control in, yeah. in control. And, um, that works to a point and then they run out of rope. Mm. So when you see people kind of hit a plateau and, you know, internally or in their career, a lot of the times it's because they can't control it anymore yeah. and they can't use their same tools anymore. So, you know, it can be a massive, it is a massive act of courage to, to step out and do a new paradigm and be willing to look deeper and, yeah. uh, and let go of that control feeling because it's what people think, you know, holds their world together.
1: Uh, you're going to plateau. If you need to control everything, you're absolutely going to plateau. Yeah. And some people plateau at a really high level. Mm-hmm. They get to a really high level by controlling everything in their life.
0: Yeah.
1: But, and, you know, and then a lot of people at that point realize, all right, I need to release the control. They go through their own journey, their own spiritual awakeness, whatever they need to do to tap yeah. into their greater gifts yeah. and allow that to happen yeah so that they can really really start to do some big things in the world yeah. and there's a lot of people that are like you mentioned in that where whether it's in your 30s, 40s or 50s or even your 60s to where it's kind of that called midlife crisis moment where mm-hmm. you kind of question why was I doing all this was right. it doing it to please others was it doing it to because because it was comfortable, because I was able to control,
0: yeah,
1: you know everything that I was doing. Because it
0: impressed other people. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And there was certainty around it, because right. I could map out where I was going with this thing. Right. Um, but then realizing that, you know, they didn't. That that's not their true gift. That's not where they're going to be truly fulfilled.
0: Yeah, because they've paved a road this way, but the, there's a gap because actually their their being or what they're really here to do is is wanting to pull. A different direction yeah. so people are always going to hit a point and it can be you know um, the gap might be a present for them when they have a, a physical ailment come up when they get fired yeah. from their job when they don't get the job they want it you know it can yeah. be it can be all these different things or it could just be that nagging feeling inside of something isn't right yeah. something isn't right So at at whatever point, you know, that particular individual, we all have a different threshold and we all have a different story. When that gap gets to be so uncomfortable or too big, we decide to make some changes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if it's if it's painful, sometimes that's what makes the motivation. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. And for my my story was going through divorce. Yeah. It was shortly after we started working together that I started to look around and, you know, then started paying more attention to my relationship and my marriage. And, you know, we worked we worked on that a bit, and it was just too far gone, right? Yeah. So that was, the, that was the real big moment for me that really just shattered my world. Yeah. And had me thinking about things in a different way and questioning who I was and um, really kind of really releasing control. Because up until that point, I had a like, entire career plan spreadsheet saying, all right, between now and when I'm 65, mm-hmm. here's what I'm going to do, and here's the steps along the way right total control right needed to control needed to have certainty right and i went from that to questioning everything and having no certainty and not knowing what next week was going to look like let alone you know the next 40 years right and um yeah so that's that can be a scary place but an incredibly powerful place and a powerful experience you get to the point where you just have to surrender yeah and say okay i don't know what's coming next this is crazy, but okay. And it becomes, it becomes more and more comfortable, but, um, you know, sticking with not trying to seek comfort all the time, not trying to seek comfort through numbing out with social media. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, you know, after, you know, a year after getting divorced for a while, it's on the dating apps Mm -hmm. and that was my dopamine feed. Yeah. Right. I would be caught in that, you know, and then, so whether it's that or Instagram or, um, You know, some people go ahead and get and start drinking a lot to numb it out, eating a lot, shopping a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, the Amazon shopping thing, that's just as much of an addictive dopamine hit as anything else. You get to do that and then it shows up at your door. Right. You know, you know, a lot of those, a lot of that can be used to numb that out.
0: Yeah, totally. Versus, you know, if you're having a moment where you're actually aching for something and you're wanting it fulfilled, give yourself the real nourishment. You know, a lot of the times what we need is to go outside and play. Hmm. Sounds really basic ask any kid they know it's true also the way we've evolved as humans is not supposed to be you know inside of the confines or uh, you know wired into these things that we're wired into so you know there's some there's some really amazing things that people can do to reset themselves using a lot of technology or whatever but Mm. i think the biggest thing is is just get outside and play move your body get into your body Um, because again if we're in our bodies then we actually then we're aligned with our with all of our feedback system you know the 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 neurofeedback or the biofeedback systems that are Mm. just naturally there. So um, from there, we can just make small course corrections. Hmm. So for you, you had a really big, um, kind of like a smashing open event happen, and that's the way that your story went. But for some people, it'll just be the, the small steering um, and, and listening kind of in every moment. And, and I think for all of us, it's, that's essentially what it will be. Hmm. In the long run, we do have that small steering system. Yeah, sometimes though, Yeah, sometimes <laughs> though it's a little bit more like the red phoenix bursting into flames and being reborn again from its own ashes. Hmm. You know. That metaphor and that analogy, um, and I think those that are really the most courageous and really wanting to work an edge and really have a big appetite for um, for all of this, being willing to just basically die and be reborn again inside of things. So, but just so that you know, people can catch the story, you didn't when you were going through your divorce process. You were still having this amazing, you know, you held a really important role inside of an organization. You were still running everything that you were running. Yeah. But it was more of an internal experience that you had. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But that's what led you to be where you are at today. Right.
1: And and, for, and I was ready for it, too. Yeah. Like, you know, just to welcome in. Say, you know what, I am going to surrender to the uncomfortable, and we're going to yeah. really make the most out of this. And stayed away. I actually drank less after that, and I was mm-hmm. just trying to stay as conscious. That's when I first started doing yoga,
0: mm-hmm. started that
1: practice and, and meditation. And if you lean into it, it can yeah. be a huge gift. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We all and we all continue to evolve and have our paths and the things that come up for us in life and continuing to lean into the unknown, the uncertainty, in search of being able to realize our full potential. Yeah. And and the impact that we can have on the world.
0: Yeah. Well, and the mind wants to think it's uncertain, and that's the trick. That's the trap. The mm. trap of it, right? So the certainty actually lies within the knowing that's there for everybody inside of themselves. Mm. And that you that when you drop into the present moment, into the center of truly who you are, there's actually more certainty. Hmm. But the brain and the ego freaks out. Hmm. And so it's really just about dismantling that and not existing inside of that system. That's one operating system, but it's very limited, again, like we were saying. So when you when you're shifting over into this newer operating system that that is massive, um, that feels and is unlimited. Um, and can guide you, you know, all the way that you need. And, and inside of that operating system exists all the resources you need. Mm. But when the brain freaks out and the ego starts to, you know, go bonkers, yeah, it can feel super scary. Yeah. But it's not. I mean, really and truly, <laughs> it just seems like it. Right. You know, right. The, the boogeyman kind of thing for a little kid, you know, it's they can be terrified of what's in their closet, but it is just genuinely a shadow. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot that can get dismantled and, um, very fast, very easily, and I and I think that you can definitely you had your experience of that. It, even though it was really scary, it can be really quick. Yeah. And actually, the more that you surrender into it, and just have that sense of trust, you know, mm-hmm. trusting in that this that there's um, that there's a bigger path, that there's a bigger play here, trusting in that your freedom is worth it. Yeah. You know, it can be terrifying to walk outside of those bars. You can feel pretty naked out there in the in the world. Not operating inside of the cell that you've always been inside of. Mm -hmm. But then what's true is that you're free.
1: Yeah, and I mean, and all of that led me to where I am today. And I'm incredibly grateful for where I am. And I appreciate your support to getting me here. And in advance, appreciate you, your support continuing going forward and
0: and us continuing
1: to work together. Uh, So you mentioned the operating system a couple of times. And that's one of the things that you connected me with that had a huge impact and still does for me is doing different things to really get that, uh, honing that operating system with inside me, a lot of different uh, biohacking uh, methods that you've introduced to me, neurofeedback, um, even just the products that that Bulletproof uh, uh, creates Mm -hmm. and uh, Bulletproof coffee and all the different biohacks. And Dave's definitely a thought leader in that space and following him. And um, so, yeah, so, but neurofeedback, um, well, explain a little bit about neurofeedback and why you even turned some people on to neurofeedback.
0: Yeah, so I didn't really know much about it myself for a lot of years. I'd heard about it, hmm. and um, and then I I had been briefly and I had briefly introduced myself. I actually cold called Dr. Drew Pearson one day on the phone and asked him some questions. And hmm. I didn't really put it all together, and it was kind of just I just put the whole thing on hold because then was, my, one of my sisters had a massive neurological accident. Hmm. And I took her to neurologists, I took her to, um, you know, holistic neurologists, regular neurologists, I took her to all kinds of doctors. And they basically said, well, she's basically going to be disabled the rest of her life and living in hell. She's the best that you can do is give her anti-anxiety meds. But what she's having is a sensory overload problem. And so her brain was just going haywire. Um, and so I actually, I I connected the dots finally after a few weeks and brought her to see Dr. Drew Pearson and it completely changed her life. It brought her back. So she was, you know, she was just in a, in a really horrible spot and would not have been able to function as an adult in life. Uh, so So
1: that was your first, that was my,
0: that was my first introduction was basically saving my sister's life. Uh, and, and, you know, I would have been her primary care provider, so that would have really changed my life Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, that was, a, that was an eye-opener. And then when I realized, you know, everything that was inside of there, um, Dr. Drew, is, he's been a massive influence on my life. He was the first person that, um, you know, so he can measure what, what neurofeedback is. Let me back up and start there. Is measuring the EEG, so the electrical activity of the brain. So it's a functional scan understanding of what's going on in the brain. And we can basically understand a tremendous amount You know, about what is going on, about how somebody thinks, about what their gifts are, about what their challenges are. You know, you can see somebody that's highly functioning and not realize that they uh, have attention deficit or OCD or, you know, that kind of a thing. But you can also um, understand what kind of potential that they have, how they're how they are innately wired. So, Dr. Drew um, is really a different human in that he understands. He's an extraordinary human. He is. He's a he's wizard. A special man. He yeah. is. And, and the way that he has utilized neurofeedback is out taking it out of pathology, which is what most of the psychiatrists and you know the government and and um, the military and all that. What they use it for is understanding pathology hmm. and kind of treating pathology. And he's using it to treat consciousness and to expand capacity. So expanding the capacity for insight, you know, expanding the capacity for compassion, some of these amazing skill sets. So I've seen massive changes for myself with it, um, and I've also seen massive changes for people that you know that I've, you know, that I've seen go through his his programs or work with him. Mm-hmm. It's been incredible.
1: Yeah, and uh, so the program that he is running now, Forty Years of Zen, mm-hmm. which um, he's been doing for how two
0: years now I think two, maybe three two or three i, yeah. I use track
1: okay yeah. that i've gone it's, through and i know you've gone through a couple of times yeah right mm-hmm. um yeah so talk about your experience or what either for yourself or what you've seen in others of how how that's helped them in their journey
0: yeah i mean 40 years of zen is uh it, it, that's an it's another dave asprey company and and um It's a a neurofeedback intensive, so you go in and you do hours and hours of this a day, and then there's some really amazing debriefing and, you know, kind of a process that goes with it. And uh, basically, you just you learn how to drop into that meditative state. I think Dave coined the term because it's it kind of replaces maybe what would take 40 years of meditation training and you can kind of get a massive amount done in just a week. And then the changes actually grow neurologically for the next few months. Anytime we do neurofeedback, it's about three months to see the full, at least three months to see the full benefit kind of take place as the neurons grow and connect. I mean, people have come back so radically different. Actually, um, my boyfriend went and uh, did the program. And uh, when he came back, we hadn't been dating. And when he came back, I'd seen him for the first time. It was about three or four months later. And it was absolute it was so he was so different than I had ever seen him before. Huh. It was it was incredible. Hmm. It was like he was a different person. Um, you know, so it, and then you said,
1: okay, now I'm willing to date
0: you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now we're a match. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a dating tool too. Hey, you, find you your mate, want in life. <laughs> go to 40 years
1: of Zen and then you'll find your, your match.
0: Yeah. There's the unlimited benefits of this kind of work.
1: Yeah. And yeah. one of the biggest things that I've noticed for me in going through that program and just the neurofeedback training that I did with Drew before he went up to, to Seattle to do that mm-hmm. was, really getting a handle on my fight fight or flight response. Yeah. That was huge for me, you know, because prior to that, I I would struggle quite a bit with if something happened in a meeting um, that triggered me in some way, Mm -hmm. like if I didn't know the answer to a certain question or I felt like, um, yeah, if I felt like I essentially, I wasn't good enough in some way, whatever Mm -hmm. those things can come up, then have that come up for me. Um, I would then check out. It would be like my kind of flight response. Of being, you know, in my head, of oh man, I can't believe that. I, I should have known that. I should have prepared more. And all right. of a sudden, I'm not present to the world. Right. Well, that's what I noticed shortly after the tr- starting the training with Drew. Is I was in a situation just like that, where I went into my CEO, and he often liked to challenge me with things and ask me questions of things that he probably knew that I knew I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And he did that, and I didn't know. And I was able to almost like almost see myself from above. Yeah. And say, okay, Brian, this is where often your, your flight response might come up and mm-hmm. you might feel like you're not good enough. Well, that's mm-hmm. just not true. You don't need to do that. You can stay here and you can be present. Everything's fine. Right. And I, and I did that and I walked out of the office and I said, wow. Right. How the, what, what just happened right there? Yeah. And that was my biggest aha. Uh, I would guess that's maybe two months into, maybe even less into the neurofeedback training with Drew. So, yeah. yeah, it's a very powerful tool.
0: Absolutely. Powerful. Yeah, because anybody, it doesn't matter how intelligent or capable, if they get triggered enough, basically the prefrontal cortex shuts down. Mm. The, um, the amygdala or other, you know, the, there's other networks in the brain that get overactive and they, they hog all the power. They hog all of the attention, the blood flow, everything. Mm. And so then what happens is that prefrontal cortex shuts down and, and that is the part of us that makes us different than the rest of mammals. Hmm. So when we're really triggered, we're basically as intelligent maybe as our dog, yeah. or you know any other <laughs> kind of mammal that might be roaming around, yeah. which is kind of scary because you know often that's those those are the people that are in position of power, and they're maybe operating you know in a very animalistic way. Hmm. So that's a lot of the behavior that we that we see it gets it gets translated out. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, being able to get out, you know, get. The, the context you know get the perspective not get triggered so far that you get down that wormhole and can't find your way back out it it keeps your bearings and there's a lot of ways to get there neurofeedback is definitely a, one of the fast ways to get there to to change that
1: so when you think about other other types of hacks out there yeah what what are a couple more that have been real powerful for you or you've seen in others
0: yeah meditation uh, exercise I mean those are the basic ones hmm. without having to go too far yeah. that everybody's been can around afford. for a long time exactly <laughs> because again first and foremost we're people we're, we're we're animals and we need to take care of our bodies and, and inhabit them and um, you know so eating well all those things those are they seem really basic they get overlooked but they're absolutely hmm. essential for peak performance hmm. and then there are things that can enhance sleep you know very simple um, there's sleep induction mat that I was introduced to when I was working with Dave. And uh, that has been really huge for me mm. being able to improve my sleep. Um, you know, and I, I use the aura ring um, for that. It's a, 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 you know, it, it captures metrics while you're sleeping. Mm. I know that there are other devices that do that. I like Aura personally because it doesn't radiate you with EMFs as you're sleeping, which I think is a really important function. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, and it gives a lot of inf- insight and you can start to modify your behavior so that you're watching the data and the metrics as you're for your sleep. Mm. Yeah, there's amazing things that happen with light and sound. Uh, you know, something that's important for people to know is that I was innately so uh, – and in, oh, not innately, I was so locked down and in a control state But when I started this journey a long time ago that I was a massive skeptic. So mm. when people were introducing me to light and sound, like I, I was introduced very early on in my career, basically right as I was starting my career to a light and sound device that would actually help people to have a vision quest kind of journey. Mm. Um, and, you know, put them in an altered state of consciousness almost every single time. Mm. It's, I was very skeptical. I didn't believe in it. It's like, oh, how could this stuff, it sounds so fluffy, it sounds so, you know, whatever. Don't you need a substance like a, a medication or a something mm. to do something? Shouldn't it be more dramatic than that? And um, the way that the, the, the body works and the way that growth really works is sometimes inside of the subtle sophistication. So mm. it can be the applications of light and sound anytime people have the opportunity to experience those, I, I recommend experimenting with them.
1: Well, so what's an example of how you can experiment with light and sound?
0: So there's one way that's easy to apply is you can get some um, like glasses that have blinking lights inside mm. of them. Like and then the Mind it has Alive. Some, yeah, David Mind Delight Alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the, um, there's Mind Lights is another one that I like. Okay. It, the, I, I like the Mind Lights because I, I think um, it's the only one that I know of at least that connects wirelessly to your smartphone. So all you have to carry are a pair of glasses. Oh, so yeah. you can take it with you everywhere you go. Mm. Very easy to use. Yeah, and so there's so there's the blinking of the lights, which obviously if anybody has seizures or anything like that, that's extremely dangerous. And mm. actually for certain people, such as my sister, it would actually be also still really dangerous just because of the sensory overload issue. So mm. I don't want to be prescriptive here, but as far right. as what's worked for me, um, that's a really incredibly helpful tool. Um, and then, you know, there's usually some kind of sound technology. Maybe it's binaural beats or some other sort of technology that's mm. worked into the the music um, or sound
1: yeah and that's why i have the david delight pro you recommended it to me and it's it's uh yeah it's really cool i mean to get you in different brainwave frequencies and get into alpha state for meditation get into theta for sleep Mm -hmm. um yeah i use that quite a bit and it has the has the lights it has the binaural beats but then it also has the electrodes
0: oh you have them yeah and the Mm -hmm. stimulus
1: yeah so Mm -hmm. all three and so yeah it's been powerful it's been fun yeah so yeah, and um, you talked a little bit about you know some of some of the things that you've dealt with because you have f- crazy gifts, right? So you have innate these innate gifts that you came into this world with. But I know you've mentioned that at, for a long time in your life you didn't realize that you had this. You maybe yeah. it showed up in different ways of overstimulus and that kind of thing. But you know you're it's you're a very unique person, and so talk about. Talk about how you've how that's been for you to have those gifts and what what you've done to really hone those things and
0: yeah, it's really the origin story of of how I how I can even do what I do now. I've had to develop and and cultivate and find my own freedom and break through a lot of illusion along the way mm. and overcome a ton and uh, you know I had a lot of pretty intense physical challenges. I didn't know what it was like to be well until I was almost maybe thirty years old. So it's it was a really massive wow. thing. Every day not feeling well. Imagine the feeling of jet lag or having a really bad head cold or some kind of combination of those two, plus other things, miscellaneous other systems, of my body were not working right. Um, so I thought of myself as sick and broken in a wow. certain way. Hmm. And then when you know, if you have a head cold or jet lag, you also don't feel very mentally acute. You're not very sharp. So I thought I was also very not, not very intelligent. And I had to work really hard for my grades, and I, um, you know, just kind of struggled with memory and different things like that. But really, um, underneath or or behind the scenes, what was running all of that was low grade trauma, um, being told that I was something different, much smaller than actually what I am, mm. not understanding who I am, not even knowing that it was safe to go into that uh, exploration. So really my process of physical healing and um, uncovering my just basic senses, I'd say, um, was was just through um, the process of my own spiritual and emotional journey. It was a lot of bog. So when I say come into your own body, I was very dissociated and I didn't have mm. access to myself. So how could, I, how could I know who I was and how could I be at my full strength? Mm. Um, but then as I was coming into more and more of it, that's one of the things that when I realized when I was doing the neurofeedback work, um, is that I'm actually a lot of standard deviations outside of normal on a lot of different things. Hmm. So, and I had no idea, because again, I thought I was kind of broken and defective. Um, so
1: they eat the mind mapping, the EEG came back and right. told you a lot. And Drew's like,
0: whoa, <laughs> wait, what's all this? You know, and again and again. And as technology um, with EEG technology moves forward, the ability to measure the brain, um, we've just found more and more layers of what makes my brain really different. Hmm. Um, so it, it's, it's interesting, you know, it's it's fascinating. I never knew what it was like to be me back when I was sick and feeling broken. And also I don't really know what it's like not to be me now because yeah. that's how consciousness works. It's perspective.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome.
0: But one of the things that that helps me to understand is um, evolution and how much is possible. Hmm. And to be able to see through all of what may present. Somebody might look really not so great, um, but it's it's my job and also my ability. And I think... We can all be challenged with this to challenge ourselves to see the truth of who someone is and what's possible for them and give them the opportunity to rise to it hmm. because transformation can be just, it's its radical.
1: Mm-hmm. I just want to, again, express my appreciation for you Yeah. because what you're doing for me and so many others is so powerful in shifting the energy of the world. And um, yeah, I just can't uh, express... Gratitude, appreciation for how you've been there to support me. You're always there to help, s- prop up, and support others. Yeah. Um, and and the dedication that you have to honing your gifts so that you can do that in an increasing, increasing way in the world is uh, is very uh, inspiring. So I appreciate it very much.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for that acknowledgement, and thanks for trusting and being courageous enough to take the journey. You're Absolutely. an incredible human.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah. Great having you. Thank you. And we'll have you back again soon. Sounds we good. We could have talked for three more hours. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Easily. Yeah. All right. Well, thank Thanks. you. Thanks. All right.
0: Bye. Bye.